Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Star Wars Lego birthday. Nice. That's cool. Well, I like to go, I, I like to go live in the middle of things, so we're, we've been live here for a few yeah. seconds. But um... You did it again! <laughs> So welcome to episode 11 of The Critic, The Geek, and The Girl. You may have already noticed uh, The Geek is filled in by Josh Childs this week. Josh, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was going to say, Josh, you, you don't have to. I was going to say, you can find uh, Josh on YouTube at the uh, the Nether Region. They do comedy sketches based in the world of science fiction. So He's amazing. Yeah. Oh, what are you drinking out of? My Tardis coffee mug. I'm I'm drinking out of my blood water coffee mug. I'm I'm drinking out of my thumb. That's that's all I got. Also impressive. <laughs> Thank you, Danae Hughes. As always, is the girl. You can check her out at uh, at Danae says on Twitter and uh, of course, uh, DanaeHughes.com. Right. That's true. Yeah, I built a website one time. And uh, we cannot get started until the theme song has been sung. Danae, please. Same song. Okay, I haven't come up with a new one, so it's just going to be the no, same no. one. No, no, the old one's great. The critic, he's legit the geek. His brain won't quit the girl. She's perfect fit. It's the critic, the geek, and the girl. Very nicely done. Very oh, nicely thank you. Done. Josh, applause, golf applause, Elise. Yes. Good. All right, so today we've got uh, Chappie we're going to review, and then we're going to talk about artificial intelligence movies, uh, kind of go over our favorites, and uh, then maybe even talk a little bit about superhero movies, and if they're starting to get a bad reputation, kind of as lower-class cinema. So, and, uh, and maybe we can cross over when we start talking about, you know, our villain in the next Avengers movie. Right? There you go. There you go. So, um, all right, here's what I want to do uh, to start off with. Uh, I want to say, if you are watching live, first of all, thank you for joining us. We have the Q&A app installed, so if you watch at the event page, you can ask us questions. Somebody's already popped in a question uh, already that's in there. We will take a look at those. We'll pop those into the show when we feel like they're appropriate. Uh, so thank you for that. If you aren't watching live, if you're watching on YouTube after the fact, that's fine. Uh, you can still watch on the event page and kind of see those questions as they pop in. Also, just so you know, we do this every other week at about 3 p.m. Central, so uh, you can join us every other Saturday for that. And if you happen to show up at 3 on a Saturday we're not doing it, well, I'm sorry. Just come back next week and we'll be there. That's how it works. Uh, let's get right into Chappie. This is a, uh, an artificial intelligence movie like none I've ever seen. It's from the guys who brought us District 9 and uh, kind of has their visual aesthetic to it and kind of their sense of humor, different things, um, their sense of location, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it follows a, a robot company who makes police robots, and then somebody in the company wants to make a sentient robot, and what happens when he attempts to do that? And Josh, since you're new, you get to start us off. What did you think about Chappie, just in general, overall, and then we'll get to the specifics here in a little bit. Um, overall, I thought it was a really graphic children's movie. <laughs> I can keep going. We can, do, you want to, or do you guys want to chime in? Or, some, let me just keep no, going. that's good. That, that does describe it effectively. It is very graphic. 
I love, I'll say this, I love District 9. Like, that was one of my soul fixers whenever I was done spending money at the theaters. Like, it was a great movie. And um, Elysium was fine. And this one was, uh, was to, it was over, I mean, generally, it was just very distracting. I don't know to what degree we can talk about spoilers as we have conversations, but. Yeah, we'll get, I'm sure we'll get spoilers. Gen generally, we don't fear spoilers on this. Uh, you know, we'll get into them a little bit later just so somebody who maybe doesn't want them can, you know, kind of shut their eyes for a little bit. Danae, what did you think overall? <laughs> I blame you for this. <laughs> I blame you entirely. Um, you know, I actually was a little bit concerned that I was going to be tried to, like, have some sort of emotion towards a robot, and then they were going to try to make me cry because Chappie was going to go through this horrible life adventure with humans, and I was going to love Chappie, but this was such a terrible movie that I had no emotional connection to anybody, not even the humans, so that might be the only thing I liked about the movie is that I had... I didn't get emotional because there was nothing to get emotional about. So you found yourself in a place where you weren't connecting to anything that was going on. No. Mm -mm. Okay. okay. I had a little bit different experience. I did connect at points during the movie. Overall, I felt like it was kind of a letdown from District 9 from kind of the, the way they were able to play with bigger themes in a, in a kind of a genre movie. Um, I think they tried to do that here, but overall for me, uh, I didn't feel it worked on the same level as their other movies, although I did find a few things here and there to like. Did you find yourself thinking, like, are they just doing these things, like, I don't know, let's start with the the music, you know, like this really deep music would set in, and you're like, I'm supposed to, this is like cheer for the hero, things are about to get intense music. And it just always missed the mark for me, or they'd have a moment when, like, a human would lean in and, like, get really emotional with a robot, and I'm like, did I miss something? There's we shouldn't be jumping to this. There was no build-in to this I character. I had a similar response. I, I mean, but it was to the point for me, like it was comical. The the scene where Chappie's actually in the bed, all cozied up, and, <laughs> and I don't know if I was laughing. I mean, I know why I was laughing, but I don't know if it was the same reason. Like they put it in there to be funny. Like it, I think they were trying to be sweet and have a tender thing, and it was. Silly and dis distracting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll you up in a, bl a blanket. I did, did you also like, feel like it suffered from like too many lead characters? Well, again, but the same thing. Like if they would have picked one to um, feel more for, maybe it would be different. I mean, I guess Chappie was our main character, and the best actor. I mean, even great actors that I, we know and love were kind of underused. Um. I, I felt, um, but yeah, there was a there was a lot of people, but I I think it would have been more effective if they had been doing something more. <laughs> do, do, you think, would have been do you think a lot of it comes down to the fact that that Chappie himself is just a swing and a miss? Like that that what they were trying to do with him was to make him an infant, then a child, then a teenager, right? We're supposed we're supposed to go through all this with him. But wow. because because everything about him is so cut and paste and copy from the people around him, that he didn't have his kind of own personality or own character that was anything more than just kind of a, a Xerox of, of what's happening around him? You know, that's a really good point, too. That's not something I expected kind of going into this, is that, so essentially, Chappie is, you know, brought to life and then forced to grow up with thugs three people who are in a situation where they have to come up with a lot of money to pay off a big guy. And so their plan is to turn Chappie into this like crazy machine to accomplish their goals. And so he begins to take on all these different traits. I don't know that I expected that, which, you know, maybe it could have been all right, but then you have the, his maker, the person who created the AI intelligence, the person who put that into him and kind of brought him to life, who very suddenly is just not in the picture at all. And the only kind of input he has in Chappie's life is a promise that he makes this robot make to not do a heist. So to me, there was just the story could have worked, but it just seemed like it was just pushing through these quick plots to get to these big scenes where things are going to be exploding and... It, sure. It missed a lot. Even even the the chappy kind of mimicking the other people's actions and uh, stuff to grow up. I felt like that was kind of 
what the movie was too. Like he borrowed a, a lot of like general archetypal elements from specific movie. I mean, I've heard some people, you know, compare it to RoboCop, obviously, but more specifically, I would compare it to RoboCop three. <laughs> it's story. Um, but then, but, but then, you know, like the character archetypes, it was just, it was a really soft hand and he, he like, made us take a lot for granted with the characters, but you know, like the, the, the uh, ninja character, who is just so terrible the whole time, and at the end, like, he transforms yeah. and he's got heart, but they never, like, they never fed that. It's just, like, no. one scene, he was a bad guy. The next scene, he was a good guy. And that's kind of how all of the people were to me. There was never a character throughout the entire film that fully stayed inside of their role, which can work sometimes, and it seems like that's sort of like real life in a way. Sometimes, you know, we think we got it right, and then sometimes like, oh, we're, maybe we're not doing the right thing, and, and that happens in movies. But when every single character is doing that, and every single one is someone that you kind of feel like you want to root for, oh, no, we just changed your mind, and they're all flipping and flopping through the whole film, and even Chappie himself is yeah. trying to figure out who he is. It's like, okay, who am I bonding with here? Which is another reason why I don't think I had any emotional connection to anybody. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's hard to I think it's hard to bond. Uh, it's it's almost as like Chappie's not the only artificial intelligence. There's no real intelligence in the entire movie. It's all artificial intelligence. It's like everybody is is a conglomerate of you know a program that's been put on them. And maybe maybe there was a point there. Maybe that's what they were trying to do is show that you know humans are artificial intelligence in their own way. Um, that's probably giving the movie too much credit, but it, it was one of those things where you just you could not identify in a, in a way with anybody. In a, and let's talk about Hugh Jackman for a second, since we're talking about these different characters. Was yeah. that an awful performance, or am I wrong? I thought that was an awful performance. Um, I, I think it's across the board. The characters were structured like B movie characters, and I don't know what what else he could have done with that part. I don't think he did great, but I don't know who could have, honestly. Yeah. That's a valid point. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's almost put on him. It's structured on him in a way that, that there's not really much he can do. But, man, he's chewing scenery towards the end for sure. This is what I said about, like, a children's – it's like a children's movie that's super, super, super graphic because all these character archetypes are, like – and they're – like, he is so over the top, like, I'm a bad person and I'm going to do this. And it was – it, but it was like a Disney villain. You know, like, I'm glad you brought up the whole that perspective of kids thing, because at one point I was like, who is this movie for? Like, so this is not entertaining me. It's not engaging me. And so I began to think, okay, who is this movie for? You know, it's sort of like giving you the plot. It's handing the plot to you. It's handing all this stuff to you, you know, the importance of particular types of electronic devices and how they make a robot work. It's all very just like, oh, yes, I don't have to think through this movie at all. And then I was like, well, maybe it's for, you know, younger kids. And then quickly, oh, no. No, no. <laughs> it is not for younger kids. <laughs> and I let that be known. If you've got, don't take them. Don't take them to this movie. Um, there are interesting tattoos on people. <laughs> I mean, this is this like nudity for no purpose. It's just like, oh, we need to throw some nudity up on the yeah, TV. Yeah, right? And then, and there's, there's, and there's actual human and robot dismemberment. Yes. Human and robot dismemberment, not and, and then like it's this strange juxtaposition of like you've got this sort of horrible gang world where you know you've got these guns and this sort of I mean like when at, at one point in the movie you know these hero robots these hero police robots um, aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and so people are riding in the streets it's instant it's like. Three minutes have passed, and the entire Johannesburg is out in the streets. I'm like, this is a terrible city. This is a terrible <laughs> place. So you've got this, like, really horrible, and then everything's painted, like, pastel colors. It's like Easter. It's like Easter meets gangster. It is so strange. Anyway. That's, that would be Inkster. Inkster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a strange I, movie. I keep jumping in. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I was just going to ask, is there anything new here? This is one of my problems with this movie. I don't even think philosophically it goes anyplace that other artificial intelligence movies haven't gone. Now, maybe that's a big task because there's been so many of them, but I don't sense anything new about the, you know, the learning of the robot or the way he... 
I mean, it felt very much like short circuit, you know, in a lot of ways. And I know people are going to make that comparison, but you know, or or Wally, or any of these movies where William you know Parcell robots already, are learning. Go ahead. What'd you say? Said William Parcell already did make the comparison to short circuit, short circuit with guns. Yes. Yeah. William Parcell, thank you for watching. He's got some good comments in there. Yeah, I, I, when I wa yeah, I don't think there was nothing new or interesting. I mean, uh, other than I mean, other than the actual like chappy performance, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the the, the effects looked amazing, but it, it still it wasn't anything. But even like even the bad guy robot, I don't know if that's a spoiler, and I don't remember what the technical name for it is, but it literally looked like. The bad guy robot from RoboCop. It was, I mean, it was Moose? a homage, if not a ripoff. Yeah. It was completely ineffectual. It was the worst villain robot I've ever seen. Yeah. Chappie did more damage than he did. Um, I don't know what everybody's afraid of with that thing. Um, mm -mm. But that's not what you're asking. You're asking oh, themes and stuff. No, nothing. I don't. I mean, I didn't see anything new. Well, answer me this: What did what it was the movie about? If you had to center it down, boil it down to a theme, what is it trying to say? Because these guys have made a, a career on trying to say something. So, yeah. what do you think they're trying to say in this movie? Well, I would say it felt pretty heavy-handed, and uh, towards the end, when Chappie is um, beating up Hugh Grant, Hugh, Hugh Grant, Hugh Jack. <laughs> Character, sorry. That's a whole different movie. That's yeah. a whole different movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's beating it up, and he's just going way over the top, talking about how violence is bad, and humans are too violent, and they need to stop being so violent. And uh, as he's beating the crap out of him, yeah. Um, I don't. I didn't feel like that was the overall theme of the movie until no. he was banging us over the head with it at the end. I'm like, well, maybe that's the point, or maybe he had too many little points and. Is he trying to make points about uh, religion? Is he making points about the maker and creation? I mean, because just that he's called the maker and all that kind of stuff. But I, if he is, he had issues okay. with him. Like, why? Why would he make him in a body to die? So there's like the question of mortality. Like, I, I think it's a story of consciousness. I think it's a story of persisting beyond death. But they packaged it so strangely because you're distracted by, you know, you're, you're talking earlier about is there anything unique in this and, and I think I agree with you Josh, like the performance of Chappie was unexpected. Um, I feel, I, I, I was kind of like, oh that's interesting, he's sort of a gangster robot, you know, he's got this interesting gait, he keeps, you know, doing his little nose, you know, he's doing all these little things and I was like, oh that's, that's unique. Um, it's also really interesting uh, how they are using um, their dialect throughout the film. You know, you've got an Australian. You've obviously got the Johannesburg accent, real thick in there, so thick that we need subtitles at times. So that stuff is unique. But I feel like towards the end, it's really pushing persistence beyond death, and that that is a possibility um, for anything that is living. And I don't, I definitely don't think I want to give anything away at the end, just in case you want to go enjoy this movie. <laughs> but I think that's what it's about: the consciousness. I think that's right. I think that's fair. Thank you. So, Thank you. Yeah. So what did we like? Let's go around the horn. Let's find one thing uh, we liked. And I know this may be a little difficult, so I'll give you a couple seconds to think about it when I say mine. Um, I really enjoyed the music. I know you talked about it, Danae. I actually thought maybe not the way it worked like you were talking about, but I enjoyed the style of music they used in this, and I enjoyed the music cues in this as well. I, I like the way they use music. So I, that was one thing that I enjoyed about it. Hmm. What about you guys? I, I thought um, technically it was a um, it was solid. Um, I, I w it looked great. Um, I mean his other movies looked great too. Um, so I, I came to, I mean I came in expecting that. Um, but even like, I, I did buy and and I like the snapshots of the city, um, which we saw a little more than we did in um, you know his first one. Like we get to see more of of. Of that specific world, Johannesburg. Um, so I, 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 so I thought, like, I liked the look of it, and I liked even, like, in the gangsters' lair, that there was like weird children's graffiti, uh, like stuff like that. I, I did like. I just, so I would say visually, I thought it was stunning. Would you say you felt it was like a, a fully realized universe? I would say that I thought it, uh, it was a fully realized universe. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, there are some things I didn't like about the fully realized universe because, um, for example, the the guy that's created this AI intelligence and and stuff, this the maker or whatever, when he goes home and he's working on this program to like create this robot or whatever. I'm like, can't you just make these robots easier to understand? Like, that really bothered me. Like, are, we're so far in the future, we can't have a robot have a better voice than just, I don't know, that really frustrated me. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> That's why. That's a great point. It just seemed like it was like a mixture. It was, it was too on the nose. It's like, this is a robot voice, therefore this is a robot. And this is a robot smile, therefore that's a robot. So I'm trying to think of what I liked about this movie. I'm really trying hard. Um... Yeah, I'll go with music too. <laughs> nice. nice. There you go. Um, uh, speaking of which, which Dev Patel, who's the, 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 guy, the guy, guy in this, is also in the other movie out this week, the second best uh, gold 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 gold. So he's it's like it's like Patel. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm getting it. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah something's got an echo going on. Marble, too. Oh, it's gone oh, now. It's gone now. No, it's not. no, it's not. I think it's on your end, Josh. You got headphones you can throw in? Uh, give me a second. Run, Josh. Run, Josh. Run. Hey, why was Sigourney Weaver in that movie? Right? Right. Because they needed to have a strong, have a strong female, female lead. lead. Because the other female lead was like a child. A strange, dangerous, gun-wielding girly girl. They look like um they look like um Thunderdome characters. Yeah, a little bit. How do how does that is that better, guys? Way better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact your mic got better too. You must be using the mic on those headphones too. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the silky tones of Josh Childs. <laughs> I'm with I'll be with you all night. <laughs> Yeah, it did feel, in fact, that's what that's what I've told. Uh, I think I used that line in my review that it, it, it's Mad Max meets Short Circuit. That that's basically kind of you know what's happening here, and I think there is a lot of that in kind of the aesthetic to it. Oh, but sure. they missed the mark on. I mean, there is nothing like Johnny Five. This has got nothing on that movie. <laughs> there's, or, there's or, this... See, and I would say it's got nothing on Mad Max. That's true. <laughs> It's it definitely borrows from a lot of different things. Like, okay, we're gonna have these futuristic, you know, crazy people, and we're gonna have weird, strange haircut mullets mashups and pastel colors, and we're gonna have a robot, and we're gonna teach it to be a gangster. You know, it's like just yeah. these sort of thrown in ideas, and I think, yeah, it just doesn't. Oh, let's be really offensive. Let's make it R somehow. How can we do that? Hard oh, R. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, out of out of place are like yeah, like all all the wrapping paper on it was R. They were trying to wrap a you know a rated G PG movie up in a rated R wrapping paper. Yeah, yeah. I, it when I was watching it, I thought, what? There's nothing to compare this to, but maybe like Christian porn, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, there's no. It's not possible. It's not possible to make that. And, no. if you, and if you do, like, who are you making it for? Right. Who is this yeah. movie There's for? No audience. Yeah. There's no audience for that. You are alienating and, both. And just like that, and just like that, Josh Childs launched an entire industry. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> it just Don't happened put that on me. Don't put that on me. <laughs> No, 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 no. All right. Well, uh, I think it's fair to say none of us really liked this movie. I think I maybe liked it better than you two. I gave it, I think, a C plus, so even just a little bit above average. And mostly that was for for me for uh, you know kind of the texture of the movie. I thought was well done. Like you said, the visual flair was well done. And some of those emotional moments did work for me. Some of the philosophical stuff, it just didn't congeal. Like it just didn't hold together in the end. So I liked it a little bit more than you guys. I think. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. If you gave it a C, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But mostly just because I think that's sort of inexcusable. Like, how how did this movie happen? Where and I agree, some of the visual stuff is great. I you know, Chappie's fun to to look at. You know, he's got these little antenna ear things that sort of emote like a dog. You know, there's a lot of things that's like, oh, this could help me to have some sort of a relationship with this character. But then this. The, all the flippy flopness, I just, man, that was, the whole thing just seemed to have just cop out after cop out. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Where would you put it, Josh? Uh, I would put it a, a, a high D. 
I mean, it's. I think it's got too much uh, um, actual filmmaking that went into it to to give it, you know, anything lower. But you know, I felt like you know, I, I was just thinking about it. If it, it feels like um, what happens when studios try to mess with somebody, I, I keep trying to find ways to defend uh, Neil after his first movie that was such a game changer. I thought. Um, so maybe that's it. I'm like, maybe he did, like, he was doing something on purpose. Maybe he was trying for something. Or maybe he had a vision that didn't get, you know, realized because studio was like, mm, he needs more heart. And he's or, like, well, what, what a hard R. And he's like, maybe, but... What if it's the opposite? What if he has been given more freedom? And when he was given more freedom, he came up with something like... I mean, I think that's what we oh, saw the, with, the, the with Tim Burton What's that? The Tim Burton syndrome. Tim Burton. I, I mentioned M. Night Shyamalan. I think suffered from that a lot, too. Not, not too yeah. much freedom. Um, so, you know, I'm wondering if maybe there's a little bit of that in there, too. Maybe. Maybe. If it, say, if this movie, if they had taken out the, in, you know, incessant cussing and some of the um, gross dismemberment and phallic symbols and inappropriate nakedness for no reason, this could have really appealed to... Some young kids. I mean, we even you know tone down some of the violence and really play up some of the heart. And because underneath it all, you know, you've got these pretty tried and true messages. You're you feel like a black sheep. You have choices to make. You make wrong decisions and you want to make right decisions. You have the good and the bad. Like there's some good stuff in there. It, if he would have toned it back, yeah. maybe maybe this could have just been a really great you know PG-13 film. I don't know. I, maybe well, you're right. Maybe he went too. Right. It has to conge It has to coalesce that theme in a way that you understand. Oh, this is about obedience, even when you don't understand it. You right, know, or something like that. You know, where you really, you really just get it, and it really, yeah. you know, powers that home. And I mean, that could be like the thematic movie lover in me coming out. Like I love a movie with a great theme, and it really. But um, but yeah, it was just too all over the place in so many ways. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, let's talk about artificial intelligence movies that we really do enjoy. Um, mm -hmm. If uh, if we can kind of name like our you know our favorite or a couple of our favorites uh, movies that have robots that end up thinking on their own. Um, where would we start? Danae, you want to start? Okay, we pick you. <laughs> Danae, we pick you. I'm going Wally. That one blew my mind. So that, what that's was it about it? What did you like about Wally? <laughs> um, it I did not expect to uh, actually have emotion in that movie. Um, if you know anything about me, I don't like to get emotional, and so this one totally surprised me. The, it was an amazing film from the beginning to the end. I loved it. There wasn't a lot of dialogue. It didn't need dialogue. It showed emotion through just simple motions. And the part where I cried was when he was, like, trying to hold her little hand. I was just Aww. like, it's just like me. I'm I'm so in my own shell. And then every once in a while I reach out and hold someone's hand. And just, it's anyway, it was so good. <laughs> Um, I I really thought they did a great job with sounds, making sounds that kind of were communicating, and uh, so Wally's language. So for sure, mine's Wally for sure. Cool, Josh. What do you think? Well, I um I don't know if it's about a, a, um, a story of a, a a robot becoming sentient so much, but um, and I feel like this has a really nice uh, segue as we were talking uh, about Sigourney Weaver being in this movie. But I, I love the um, all the the robot characters in the Alien franchise. They're such a they're it's they're not a, it's not about them. But they um, with that first movie, they made it such uh, a surprise. So you felt like he was human, right? And then when, it's a big reveal when you find out that this That's is a spoiler true. for anybody in the world that hasn't seen Alien. I haven't, um, but oh, sorry. Cool. But then there's this anyway. So when he become, when you realize that he's not human, uh, it's a really, really powerful moment in that movie, and so much so, um, the rest of the franchise always tried to focus on that. Arguably, not so much with uh, Alien Three. Um, it was more of a cameo, but um, with the rest of them, like it's such huge parts, and even the 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 um, the robots in those movies. Had, like if Ripley was going through like some journey with each movie, each movie was like a different phase of her character. So she wasn't playing the same person. You know, she was, uh, you know, the lone survivalist. Then she was, um, you know, uh, the brains of an operation or the, uh, you know, the 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 correspond. What's the word? What's the one we're looking for? Uh, anyway, she she grew with each movie to the by the end. You know, she's 
actually, you know, an alien herself, <laughs> kind of. Um, the robots had the same sort of transition. So the, you know, with the first one was the the bad guy. The second movie, like, do we trust this guy? And he turns out he's a solid, he's a solid guy. And then third one, you know, he's back to do some mentoring. And then the fourth, we've actually got, you know, Winona Ryder dealing with more of like what was in this movie, you know, the alien that wants so desperately to be human but never can, like ashamed of her robotedness. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway. That's that's an interesting to open up kind of the category of robot sidekicks, you know, artificial intelligence sidekick. <laughs> yeah. Um, because then you start thinking of like C-3PO, you know. I'm on data or data. data. Why data? Data. data. Oh, my goodness. I loved watching him. I changed my mind. I'm changing mine to data. <laughs> and he's got the same. Well, yeah, and he's got the same thing, right? His journey was to be more and more like to understand humanity, become yeah. more human. It's um. And he was so creepy when he got that chip that kind of went crazy, and he just couldn't stop smiling. And I'm like, ah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. That was. He was a great character. <laughs> a recent example would be the robots in Interstellar, which I thought were interesting. Yes. Yeah. Like robots that like had like cube legs and so, and I was like, it seemed like the world's most inefficient design, yet somehow they were really fast and really agile, and I You're not yeah. can't get my brain that. around it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they had a lot of personality. Right? Yeah. They had a humor chip, and, you know, that was that was the running joke, is how high yeah. it was dialed. Yeah. Um, I've often wanted a humor chip. So, the uh, the one that I would say is probably Hal from 2001. I, there, there's, there are very few scenes as creepy as when he won't open those doors. Yeah, and, you know, and I think that speaks to kind of the fear of our yeah. that it will outthink us to the point where it won't do what we want it to do. You know? And I and am I wrong? That's like a real possibility, right? No, it is. <laughs> for real. It's that it's that element that they're so logical that they lock themselves, you know, out with the the choice sure. ability to choose. Yeah. Which is which is scary. I thought that um, going going back to um, Chappie for a second, I thought that Hugh Jackman's like issues and problems were very legitimate and real, and I actually associated more with those um, than Patel's character, right? Who I was like, that seems like a bad idea. You shouldn't do it just because you can, <laughs> you know. But they they switched it, and maybe that was one of the things. Like they switched it and made Jackman the villain, and you know, it turns out like it was about the the person and not the. Um, the vision, or uh, the person, and not the um, the stance. Meaning, right. you've got a lot of terrible people that stand for good things, and vice versa. Um, but anyway, just going back, like I was on, like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, what? like how is he not the good guy <laughs> here? Right, I agree with you. That could have actually happened. In a different movie, he would. In a be. different movie, I would actually kind of want to see that particular version, actually. <laughs> I'll say this too, going back to Chabby one more time. I would love, I think I'd be more interested to see the movie that where they ended that story. Like, I would like to see that movie where this new journey or whatever that they're about to go on. Right. I would be more interested in seeing that one than the other one. Yeah. Well, it would certainly be a world because of what happens at the end, which we haven't given away, and there's no need to now. But it certainly would be a world with a lot of different possibilities. You know, once once that equation, so to speak, has been yeah. solved. Be My goodness, the things you can do. Fascinating movie. I do wanna I do wanna spoil it just a second because I, I have this particular I have this particular thought that just keeps coming to me. I'm trying to figure out if hey I can guys, share it listen, without spoiling. Listen, if we're not done talking about Chappie, we're not done talking about Chappie. That's fine. <laughs> Alright? So Danae, you go I ahead. We'll get back, if, but Okay. If you don't um, want the very last bit of this movie spoiled, now's the time to turn down your sound. All right. Whatever. We'll be back in. We'll five give you some minutes. kind of an indicator. Okay. So this is we're going into a spoiler. We're going into a spoiler. Okay. So <laughs> I want to see the movie pick up right when her robot eyes open, because nobody told her what's going on. So she was she was just gonna flip out like everything's fine. I'm on to the next thing in life, and then all of a sudden, brr, you know, and then I'm. What is going on? Like you would How have terrifying. Would that be? It would be terrifying. But here's the thing. Wait. But here's the thing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the thing. It was a save from before a lot of stuff happened. So she would be conscious from the moment of that save, right? So she missed all. Like 
she has like two futures now, one that she lived as a human being and now one that's going to happen from that point on as a, as a robot. Am I wrong I, about that? But still, but no, I think you're right. I think you're right, but, I, but it also would be terrifying because that means that she put the headset on and woke up as a robot. Right. That's yeah. Terrifying. Well, that's that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that would be, it's like, you're coming back now, mummy. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Leave her alone. She's moved on. <laughs> her soul might be in heaven, and you just brought it back. Great. Maybe. Was, I don't know. That was a different movie. That was a different movie that just came out uh, that I just saw. The horror movie with, um, oh, what was that? What was it called? That's oh, I the don't, old... Yeah, I don't envy that you had to watch. The one with uh, Duplass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the whole plot, that they ripped people, you know, back from the dead. Yeah. The Lazarus Project. That yeah. was an ep- By the way, that was an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, <laughs> years ago, so. Nice. They ripped it off of Buffy. Yep. A lot <laughs> of people ripped off Buffy. All right, back from spoiler, back from spoiler. Is this what we do? Okay. Well, everything's All right. fine so, now. Thank you for skipping <laughs> um, ahead. Since you guys are bringing up more chappy stuff, I also have to say I love a culture where everybody can just make their own really cool T-shirts in the you know at the drop of a hat. <laughs> was that her face on one? Yes. At the end, there was the one, but she didn't. She made one of chappy too. Yeah, she was when she got shot. She was wearing a chappy shirt. Who are all these like from the movie? Pressers. They have a screen. They have, they have a screen. They have a screen press. press. And like uh, maybe it's in some deleted footage. They have amplified <laughs> I noticed that I did a double take. I was like, I was like, that happened like two minutes ago. What happened? At the at the very least, even if she just grabbed some paint and a clean t shirt, where did she get that clean t shirt? <laughs> they I don't wear nasty it. clothes the whole time. You're looking around, they they're they're squatters, like are there washing machines where they're squatting? Yeah. It seems like a pretty developed, abandoned warehouse world, doesn't it? And that really t-shirt does. was white. It was yeah, it really made the blood pop, you know? It really made the visual of the blood really pop. Oh. Um, okay, so this kind of goes in both places. Uh, since we're talking about our favorite AI movies, one that hasn't been mentioned that's also very recent that I loved was um, Big Hero 6 in Baymax. Yeah. is kind of another yeah. you know, artificial intelligence. I found it interesting in Chappie that they did the whole fist bump gag like exactly from Big Hero Six yeah. with the whole mistake and everything. Yeah, said, that was really interesting. I wonder it's if a they. It's ripoff movie. Well, but I wonder. I'm sure they didn't rip that off. I'm sure they developed it separately. But I wonder if after Big Hero Six came out, they were like, "Oh man." I wonder if after they developed it, they just said, "Oh man," every time <laughs> they watched it. Just from watching. Just from watching their own movie. Just watching it, like. Mm. No, there are some cool visuals, though. I mean, it's a bright. There's colors. You know, yeah. it's just. Not well, and I great. forgot that I was, you know, wasn't watching a real robot. That's the. I mean, I think that's the truest thing. Like I, I was, I was never aware that I was watching effects. I felt like I was watching a real robot. Yeah. Yeah, there's only a couple times that I was watching Chappie. I was like, hmm, that was that was not somebody standing in a suit. That was CG or whatever. And they're like, wait, is this all CG? <laughs> wait. It's a combination, right? It's all man in suit and then CG on top, right? Isn't that how they do this stuff now? But, uh, motion capture, uh, yeah, I believe. Yeah. There's some yeah. really good scenes in it. There there are some things if you could just take out those parts. But. Yeah. Any other artificial intelligence movies that you, you guys wanted to highlight or say that you, you know, really enjoyed? Or even just robots. Robots in cinema and, you know, that, that have kind of stood the test of time? Um. I, I mean, obviously, I love the Terminator franchise. Um, that's an easy one. The RoboCop is the obvious connection to what we were um, j- chappy um, comparisons all over the place. Um, I, I'm one of the Terminator. I like. I'll go watch everything that they make. Um, yeah, you excited about Genesis? I uh, yes, but I'm also prepared. Like you know what I mean? Like the, it, it hasn't been a like a stellar franchise <laughs> late as of late, but doesn't keep me from watching them, you know. Yeah, um, so hesitantly, I, I excited is the wrong word. I'm I I am prepared. That's a good word. That's a good word. I'm telling you, Terminator 2 is like a perfect film. It's it's incredible how tight and aggressive and quick that movie is, and that's just. Yeah. 
I, I rewatched it recently, and in, in you know, I guess there's stuff that holds up, but that it seems to hold up really well. Yeah. I'm reading over the questions here. Sorry. Especially considering the time, you know, when it was made and the effects that they were dealing with. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, okay, let's see if we can find a question here um, from William. All right, here, let's, let's answer this philosophical one. Uh, if someone's mind was to be transferred to a robot body, would it really be them? Discuss. Mm -hmm. well, oh, see, this is a... another spoiler, though, so we're going to give a little... It didn't have to be a spoiler until you mentioned it. Until you did that. Well, it, it does in a way, because <laughs> what I'm going to answer... Is... Oh, okay. so, so this goes back to the question that you were saying, Aaron, about you know, her mind being transferred or her consciousness being transferred, but before she was dead. So are there two consciousnesses? Or is the first one not the true consciousness, or is the second one? Like, I don't, I don't think there. That. I don't think that there's two separate ones. I think that somebody is just conscious, and so I think that she would be aware of what had happened before, and then now being able to move inside of a new figure. Yeah. At least that's the hope, right? Because <laughs> otherwise, it'd be how would scary. that? How would that? If it was downloaded onto a USB. How would that USB have the extra information that had been gathered and processed since the formation of the data on that USB? I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm not I'm a not robot. <laughs> but I do know. It's a good question. It's a good question. What makes our souls stick to this body? Is another, you know, it's yeah. kind of like that, right? Like yeah, some sort of spiritual glue. Did did God have a USB drive? And that is, like, did he, you know... Like, I, he so, did. I saw it. It was in Lucy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a really that's a really good question. I keep... I've, I also wonder, like, I think that some... You do have to retain a lot of your own personality because he didn't come out with a robot voice, you know. He had his own voice. So, anyway, it's just... Yeah, it's interesting, that. huh? I think... I, they I took th a lot of liberty. You know, I've heard this uh, postulated as well philosophically. What if you aren't the same person that you've always been that every night when you dream, somebody replaces you with somebody who just has your own memories, so you're actually a different... So, you know, like when we wake up, that's, that could actually be a different version of us. We just have that consciousness implanted in us. I like to sort of believe that that's sort of what it means to be willing to change and adapt in our lives. So I don't know if I like the idea of somebody doing that to me while I'm sleeping, but I do like to think that I am an evolving, you know, person, being. I, I had a, a, a slight technical snap when I talked to my son for a second. What, what was the last question asked? So philosophically, I've heard people postulate that we could have transitions in our life where we're actually a different person and we don't know it, <laughs> because we've been implanted with all of the memories and experiences, you know, of the person before us. That at night they could actually, you know, trade out our body and have out, uh -huh. you know, the new memories. Very, very total recally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that, and it, isn't that the same thing? If you can transfer human consciousness to a robot, why couldn't you transfer it to another human? You know, is it just kind of a one-way port? Yeah. Well. This is, I mean, I don't know if this, is, this directly responds to that, but I, I felt like there was a, maybe I missed it, but it seemed like a very specific terminology of consciousness instead of soul in the movie. Like, I don't think they ever said soul. I think maybe the mama character said, it's your soul. Did it's she? like what's on the inside. I think she mentioned soul. I might have missed it when I was rolling my eyes. <laughs> was it during? Was it in the bed scene whenever he had the blankets cozied up? Uh huh. For story yeah. time. Yep, it was for story time. Then I probably she was that. trying. She was trying oh, to tell him not. it's what's inside. <laughs> I was laughing too hard. Yeah. Um, so sorry. That, that, I don't think that directly responds to what you were saying, Aaron. Um, no, I just find it all fascinating. I find the idea of transferable consciousness a very fascinating idea in yeah. you know, one that, that could go a lot of different directions. You know. Well, it's like well, what it, it, Buddhists believe we that you can come back. It's kind of like that, right? Yeah, I I don't think it's necessarily really them to answer the actual question that was asked. I just it's a different version of them, and I think that different version thinks that it's actually them, but that the real version is you know gone. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Deep stuff. 
So, but if you're talking about that, then you're gonna get into like alternate um, timelines and alternate, yep. you know, future selves, and at, at whatever point you split, or whatever, like you're still you, but you're a different you, so you're not you unless you're the other one, then you are you. Thank you, when, Very I well think, said. I think it becomes when do you become aware that you are you and there's another version of you, and that's what I want to know about. Mm-hmm. Or you just blissfully exist, not knowing that there are multiple versions of yourself. <laughs> you know, this actually touches on, um, um, not directly, but a little bit on like cloning, right? So, and, and specifically in movies too, but but even in real life, like this is a we're on we're in we're not on the cusp anymore. Like we've stepped over into the cloning, and it's. You know, there's even sources that say that humans have already been cloned, right? Um, who knows? I don't know, um, but I know it's a it's a hot hot topic. So, but in that situation, like we're talking about consciousness being the soul, right? And these are I'm not trying to like throw a new thing out. Like these are things that people have been talking about in movies and books for you know yeah. ages and ages. But like, where, who has the soul? Does the clone have a soul too? Does the soul doesn't? Does it clone? Is God, if if you uh, believe in God or a higher power, is God big enough to you know to create another soul, or is that just a piece of meat? I just I just got a picture of God in the heavens, like and we're down here cloning. It's like oh, they made another one. All right, but I'll get that one a soul too. Like he's running out of stock, you know. Soul like, stock. I didn't prepare for this. I'm all out of souls. <laughs> We're just these meat tubes, clones or meat tubes, until there's like a a group that's like advocating for clone rights. They have souls too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know, Josh. I really don't know how to answer that question. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's the they've been debating that for ages. So I don't know that any of us know the answer. Obviously, none of us know the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just. I just really. I just really need them to find that mosquito in the amber so we can make Jurassic Park a real thing. I want it to happen. What um, about, put your hands together, All right. robot dinosaurs what? that are sentient. What? <laughs> Guys, uh, this is big. You're Jurassic welcome. Park. Jurassic Park 10, maybe? Maybe. maybe. maybe get there by then. But is that All a right, step so, back? What's that? That's a step back from cloning, though. <laughs> right. Well, they've discovered the real ones. You know, they'll eat people. So hopefully, the robots will listen. Oh, but yeah. they don't. Learn. They Even don't. robots are going to destroy them. That's right. They kill. They kill for sport. <laughs> <laughs> they do. All right. So we've got a few minutes here left, and I did want to touch on this just a little bit. Uh, there's kind of been this movement recently in culture. You saw a little bit of it at the Oscars, and a little bit here and there, where uh, some kind of Fairly, you know, big-name directors that do different kinds of movies are starting to look at kind of the superhero genre, which is taking over theaters, as a lower-class type of cinema, you know, like appealing to what they would say, you know, um, you know, middle America or that kind of thing. Um, I just wondered, you know, you guys' thoughts on that because, uh, you know, for me, I look at it and I go, if it's a great movie, it's a great movie. You know, I don't know, you know, why there has to be a backlash, but what do you guys think? Yeah. Um, I'll I'll go first this time. Who me? Me 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 me. Josh Josh. Um, <laughs> I I think uh, there's a couple of things that could happen. Um, I think number one, as the as this superhero market or genre gets saturated, um, they're gonna start dissipating, and the fan base might dissipate or whatever. And I think at that that point in time, those um, higher quality, higher level, higher the ones that have more to offer are going to rise up, and 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 the pulp is going to filter away. Um, that's that's number one, and that's not an answer directly to your question yet. Um, but when I look at like genres of the past, right, um, the western genre or the 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 army movie or the whatever, um, they didn't necessarily like. You look at Dances with Wolves, which is this brilliant Academy Award-winning, multi-Academy Award-winning Western, right? Um, but then you could also, you know, look at I'm trying to think of this old like B westerns, which is kind of where like it, it all started or whatever. So within the genres, as it grows and grows and grows, it has to find ways to 
to to grow and fill the mold of the genre so that it's not like the western genre anymore it is the western genre um, and I think that's what superhero movies are gonna—they're gonna continue to do. It's gonna be the superhero genre, and maybe I'm wrong, but this I'm guessing. And and within that, you're gonna have those pieces that that rise to the top, and you're gonna keep the pulp, or not the—you know—you're gonna keep the 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 stuff that's that's geared for to a lower common denominator, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but I think that's even the not just with like the Western genre or specific genres of movie. That's also the case with comic books. Period, where, which is where most of these superheroes are have grown from. You know, the comic books themselves are not the same as they used to be. They've grown, and an evolution of of uh, of them to you know, and the graphic novel, but like these fully realized beautiful stories. But you also still have like, hey, look, it's you know. The lowest common denominator superhero comic book as well. Do you feel like they'll ever get to a place where a superhero movie could be like Dances with Wolves? Could come away with multiple Academy Awards? You know, do you think that's something I that think, in the future? Yes, and I think if you go back and you look at movies like Unbreakable, like that's a per like that's a perfect example of of what that could look like. Unbreakable is a great, great, great superhero movie, but it wasn't like you know, a lot of it was it was just a very realistic, gritty, you know, real real story. Um, so I absolutely think they could. I don't know if they'll look exactly like that, but I think that's a perfect example of what that could look like as it evolves. Danae, you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I was just thinking, like while you were talking, Josh, to, I wonder if part of the problem is that superheroes tend to be a little bit unrelatable to the average person. And it sort of highlights that, well, we can't do that. So there's like a separation between mm -hmm. these people that we look up to, these characters that we look up to, like look at these greater people than ourselves. And I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons that people, um, whether in the industry who are judging it, saying that it's lesser than, or people who watch it might get a little tired of it. And maybe that's why they're saying that is because there's an element of them that is relatable because they show their humanity. And then there's this element where it's like, wow, I'm never going to be like that. I'm never going to go out and do that thing. So we kind of find ourselves in a culture sure. reminding ourselves, no, you can make a difference. In fact, I posted something uh, just today on a Facebook page um, uh, for the Aaron and Danae Facebook page, and it had these two superheroes that were kind of like up in the sky, and they were fighting, and this little kid's like, I wish I could be like that. And the dad says, you know, well, let me show you how you can do this. And he goes over to someone that's wearing this hat. He's like, I really like that hat. That hat looks really great on you. And then the dad says, you see how his, his face changed? He's smiling now. You can impact your world that way. And I just that's the message, I feel like, if they can continue to find a way to have that humanity, which is, I think, what you're talking about, Josh, mm -hmm. with that movie, um, is it Unbroken? Unbreakable. Unbreakable. I don't want you. I feel like they can continue to. Just stop it. Just sorry. I don't. <laughs> Danae, it's did your, it's did sentient. Your phone is sentient. <laughs> Guys, I, I turned on this part of my phone, again, this gigantic Note 4, where if I say, hello, Galaxy, it turns on and talks back to me. Oh, it's freaking me out now. It's like wanting to have a conversation about this movie stuff. Does it, does it call, do does it call you Mommy? Hmm? Does mommy? it call you Mommy? Mommy? Yeah, I should. I should look up, Mommy, Mommy. I'm turning on now, Mommy. Yeah, yeah Mommy, huh, huh? Anyhow, I wonder if that's part of it is just that unrelatable part. Yeah. So that was those are my thoughts. Sure. Yeah, I think, man, it's it's been interesting to see. It's kind of like a uh, you know a cycle with a lot of things, right? Like we want the heroes to come save us, and then we want you know a world with no heroes where you know we're the heroes, and then we want the heroes to come save us, and you know so it's I think there's always going to be a place for it. Um, I think what I fight against is you know this idea that you can take a genre and just you know make it uh, some sort of, you know, like a movie class system, you know, like it's some sort of caste system where certain kinds of movies can't be as good as others. In yeah. a way, we do this with the way we award films by sectioning off certain types of films. Like animated films is a great example. I think animated films are some of the best movies being made, yet you will never hear them in conversation for Best Picture because they have their own category. And yeah. I think it could be done with superhero movies where they're just seen as this other kind of movie instead of, you know, letting movies exist in a, in a greater, you know, bubble. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think 
Um, sorry, I, uh, yeah, it, it makes total sense. Um, it's superhero. I don't know if it's going to get. To, I would. I would say that's. Uh, that I don't. I don't think it'll get to that point. Obviously, where it's going to have its own Academy Award section. Right. Uh, maybe it will. I, I. That seems. I see what you're saying. That seems a little far fetched. But um, I, I well, again, I go back to like the Western genre. That's a perfect example. Um, it was everywhere. It, the market was saturated. It peeled off. People found a new way to reinvent it. It peeled off. People reinvented it. Um, and so it's the point now. Like we're not in a, a Western phase, and we we may not ever be again. But we've hit everything on the Western so far that anything that comes out, I think, like a Western that comes out now, would be judged in a in a in a general. Uh, like broad, broad, broad platform, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think we're all, like, on some level, I could be wrong, but I think we're all a little tired of the superhero movies. I love them, but I, I'm a, we're a little tired because we're seeing the same thing over and over again. But I think that's you part know? of our, this sort of Hollywood culture where if you find something that works, you just blast the crud out of it. Absolutely, and it's and it's and it's it's hitting a tipping point and they're already planning movies for 2 years in advance and I think at that point in time people are going to be somewhat over it. I could be wrong, but I think people are going to be like, yeah, I don't I don't need to see you know, the one-offs. You know, I think those they're still in line for Avengers 3, they're probably going to be in line for Justice League, you know, the, the those big ones, but like um Ant-Man Ant-Man may like I think that's going to be a teller. Like we'll see, yeah. but none of those are are they're still like, none of those are are looking at it from a different angle because that's just I mean it's just Marvel and DC just throwing out like hey we got one of these we got one of those we got one of these we got one of those um, when that's done then we're gonna then we're gonna see people like thinking about it again and 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 creating new and interesting stories. And it's not going to be a saturated market anymore. And it may not. And it may not be like. It may be one, you know, like one western. One Kevin Costner's like, hey, I want to make a western, and da da da. Maybe Joss going, hey, I'm going to make one superhero movie, and it's going to be a real thinky, feely piece. I don't know. Something unique. Something new. Something unique. unique yeah. Like, Susan, like Hancock. That's a that's a unique superhero movie. Unique. That was. I, I loved Hancock. I know a lot of people gave it a hard time, but I loved. I it. liked it. Yeah, I liked yeah. it too. I, no, we're three for three. I thought I really liked it. So. Okay. Yeah, that but that was also that predated this whole. Yeah, the superhero, the Marvel DC explosion, right? Yeah, yeah. So did so did the TV series Heroes, right? Yeah. Yeah, that I was did. another example that started off with this really interesting, intriguing, you know, eclipse, and you're like, "What is this?" You well, know. Let, let's actually go back for a second. Like, you look at uh, Batman, like uh, uh, Batman Begins. It's like that was that was all new yeah. territory. When yeah. That when that happened, you know, like, and I feel like even since that franchise, the stuff that's been coming out, while I love it, it hasn't like. Uh, uh, come at it from that that human uh, position since. Yeah, I think like right now we're in this phase where you're we're learning more about Marvel DC. We're learning about the history of these characters. People who have yeah. never been interested in comics before, never known that they were a possibility. That's what we're kind of into right now, and it does feel like it's a lot. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I enjoy those more than I might enjoy other films. I I would rather go to a superhero movie than I would go to most others right now because I feel like oh this is going to be you know kind of an interesting revisit into this world and yeah I, it's a it's a good time. But I do I I am noticing like oh that's on the mark that's I expected that so let's. Like go back to like unique way of telling a story. So if they can keep finding really unique ways to tell these stories, I'm I'm in. And that's and I don't even think we've mentioned the best superhero movie of all time, in my opinion, which is uh, the Incredibles. Incredibles, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're gonna say that. Yeah, Incredibles is great, but that's the thing that people don't think of it that way as a, a superhero right. movie because it's animated. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's right over your shoulder, Aaron. <laughs> What? But you're, but you're right. It's a great, but it's a, but it's an amazing superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. And I, and I think. I Get think it incredible. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
pat yourself on the back for that one. Um, so, yeah, so I think a lot of it, too, has to do with something that's been in existence way before comic book movies and superhero movies, uh, probably since the mid-'70s when Spielberg started doing, um, you know, some of these bigger event movies, is this bias against popcorn cinema, you know, just this bias against, you know, something that is, you know, popular and fun and exciting, you know, from Jaws to then Star Wars to then, you know, the summer blockbuster, you know, culture yeah. that we have now. Um, I think there's just a little bit of bias against that being anything more than just, oh, eat some popcorn and enjoy it, which I think is unfortunate because fortunate because some of those movies are high-quality movies in all regards. Sure. Sure. But, they, but they do get lumped into that, that all those movies that the studios are just throwing them, throwing out, hey, Transformers 9, let's, let's <laughs> throw that one out, or like... No, please don't, don't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you know, but it's you know, it's funny that even Spielberg himself, like he had to, he had this to get you know Academy Award recognition. He had to stop doing any of that. Like I, I think Schindler's List is a great movie. It's a lot more personal movie. It's um, it's uh, deals on heavier subjects and stuff. But like actual filmmaking and craft, craft wise, like the craft of a director, mm -hmm. like he was like all of his movies are like he's. He's a craftsman from from first movie on, or maybe second movie on. We'll, we'll be we'll be a little bit there. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and even Jaws, like, sh you know, it's a shame that that's a if, if that's classified as the you know summer blockbuster or whatever, because that's just a straight up great movie. Like, it's a perfect piece of filmmaking. We could take this and we could just say we live in a culture that likes to label things and put things yeah. into categories, and I don't think it works for us all the time. I think there is something to be said for just which which movie did you go see was the most compelling and the most like what if our labels were most heartfelt or yeah. best plot? You know, what if that was what we were looking at instead of the overall? Because then we would probably be looking at films that would be blockbusters. Because it was an incredible way to tell a story, yeah. and and these little films that you know takes a lot of work to make would have a lot more backing to to put them into more audiences, but we just don't live in that culture yeah. yet. Well, I want it to be known that I'm trying to affect change from the inside. <laughs> uh, when I when I vote for my Critics Choice Awards, like this year, I had um, Guardians of the Galaxy and Lego Movie in my nominations. You know, and I I'm not afraid to do it. It's I think they're phenomenal movies that deserve you to be rebel. up there with Boyhood and Birdman and all the ones that you know everybody else is going to talk about. And so, um, but the, you know, again, that's my, maybe that's my personal bias. I don't know. Well, I, I think that you're a better man than me because I just stopped watching the Academy Awards like several years ago. I, I realized that I love movies too much to watch the Academy Awards <laughs> anymore. And it was too it was just too heartbreaking all around. Not even just the awards, but like leading into it. It was a heartbreak. All the great movies that don't even get recognized or you know the yeah, boring looking movies that, that happens, do. You know? Yeah, there's this weird thing. Well, we have used our hour plus a few minutes. Um, guys, as always, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, watching live and, you know, asking questions and commenting. And if you're following up, if you're watching this after it was live, uh, feel free to leave comments at the YouTube yeah. video. We'll check that and respond to those as well. Um, you know, and uh, we love kind of the interactivity of this thing. Let us know your favorite artificial intelligence movies maybe that we missed or favorite yeah. robots in cinema that maybe we missed, um, and let us know what you think about kind of superhero movies being seen as second class, how you feel about that. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. We do it at 3 p.m. Central every other Saturday um, with Critics Geek and the Girl. Uh, standing in again as the geek, Josh Childs, thanks for joining us today. Very much appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. I had a great time. It's great to see you two again. Yeah. Give some plugs, man. Tell us about the Nether Region. Uh, Nether Regions, uh, we're we're kind of revamping right now. If you if you go on the channel, you can see a lot of our old stuff. But we are uh, uh, starting a new um, every Wednesday. We'll have a new video up, and for the uh, on a monthly cycle. So we just released a, a future Lou, who is a gentleman from the future who could give a rats about the future. So he answers all your questions about the future. So that'd be the first Wednesday of uh, every month. Um, the last Wednesday of every month is uh, our more traditional epic sketch comedy in the sci-fi fantasy arena. And the two in between weeks, or three sometimes, um, Wednesdays, I'm not telling you yet. You have to stay tuned because we're, like I said, we're relaunching, so it's 
some surprises coming up this month. So go check us out, yeah. The Nether Region on YouTube. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is down there. Nice. Ta-da. Nice. And, um, uh, and, yeah, we're in Nashville. And, th- yeah, thanks for letting us do a, a shout-out, buddy. Yeah, no problem. And, la- and lady. Yeah, buddies. You both yeah. can be a buddy. Buddy's not gender-specific, is it? Buddy. Buddy. Well, I don't think so. But then I'm from Michigan, so I don't think guy is gender-specific either. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, guy. And uh, we got the girl. That's Danae Hughes. You got any shout-outs or uh, plugs you want to make? Uh, no. Well, Aaron and I are doing a Patreon lunch. We're trying to launch a daily talk show, an hour long. So I would just say if you like what we do, we do a radio show. We also do podcasting and other fun stuff. But check out patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Or you can go to AaronandDanae.com and click on Patreon and learn more about our talk show, what we're trying to do there. So that's what I would say. I'm doing it now. Interesting. Ooh. I have to plug you guys. That's right. There you go. Uh, and as always, you can check out Your Movie Friend at yourmoviefriend.com, uh, as well as here on the YouTube channel. We thank you for joining. It's Critic the Geek of the Girl, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.